When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I know, Shannon Sharp, that a lot of people out there looking at me right now, and they're saying, David, those Cowboys won. What's Stephen A. going to say right now? What's Stephen A. going to say? What they don't know, Shannon, is that I'm $1,000 rich. And that's why I go ahead to pay me my money. He lost that bet. He you won with it matters. You won with it matters. Because, because somebody, don't I talk about that money? Yeah. Don't I talk about yeah, that money? <laughs> Where the money reside. Where the money reside. Okay. Shannon, Stephen A. first takes in the house. Let's roll. Good day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. Jeff Saturday. I'm Molly Karam. As you saw, Stephen A., Shannon Sharp. And gentlemen, good morning to all of you. But, you know, it's my job on the show to hold people accountable. And Shannon, correct me if I'm wrong here. Was yes. Stephen A. bringing up a bet that he won last week yeah. with Marcus yeah, yeah, Spears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because from what I remember, yeah. he was telling us all that he was going to take pictures with fans before the loss and you know all, all those types thing we got the video of that so i'm just i'm just confused all as I to why he's kind of talking that talk hands. right now that's, that's all i see i but i was listen i took pictures with fans you, and stuff yeah. like that. come on man you're stevie a kid. you're a man of the people sure does. i'm a man of the people i was taking pictures with the fans right there just saturday i was taking pictures molly is just salty and all that stuff but she be trying to misrepresent me when i tell the kids that a stevie gonna show up right i showed up and i took yeah. a, i took pictures with a lot of kids and adults by the way but especially the kids she gonna be like this for the foreseeable future the I giants know. are terrible i know i know no, oh, my I, bad, I, was just, doing, I was just confused i felt like you were acting like you predicted the Cowboys to win. I just wanted oh, to. Oh, no, sure no, not at all. Not at all. I'm just saying I got my money. I mean, who cares? No, I mean, it's a good. regular season game. And, I got money. And, I'm $1,000. And you know what, Stephen A., before we start, I always appreciate when people, you know, honor their word and come through yeah. when you make a yeah. bet like you yeah. know when I when I bet and we had our March Madness bracket yeah. Yeah. that yeah. UConn yeah. was going to win yeah. the national championship yeah. that was yeah. back on March 31st yes. we bet for a pair of shoes and I've never seen those shoes so Mark well, you, has paid yeah, off I got his him. bet and we're just still we're just still waiting on you I just you haven't let, given I just haven't know. given her the shoes yet I just haven't given her the shoes yet but I do have them a and b considering the other stuff you had me paying for last year I know you ain't talking let's move she knows. About. You know. No, you don't. know. Don't I let do. me bring it up. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's All move right. on. After a game filled with penalties and miscues, the Dallas Cowboys defense came up huge in the final two minutes to secure a 2017 victory against the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday Night Football. Justin Herbert played through a fractured middle finger on his non-throwing hand as the Chargers dropped to two and three on the season as the Cowboys moved to four and two. Dak, was that a must-win after last week? Yeah, it was a must-win. Why? I mean, it's early no, in the I mean, season. It was, yeah, early in the season, but three and three, four and two or three and three, that was a, it's a huge difference. We, we talked about after last week not allowing this thing to landslide, and obviously I think a win like this allows you to really close that book. All right, Shannon, tell me this. Was that an impressive win for the Cowboys? 
Impressive win? No. A good win? Yes. Uh, the Cowboys had 14 total penalties, 11 ex- accepted. Seven of those penalties was two, uh, was uh, pre-snap. Yep. Too many men on the field, illegal shift, illegal formation, defensive offsides, false start, defensive offside, defensive offside. So now you don't even give yourself a chance to get a playoff. Because you've done something dumb, you've been undisciplined, and I don't know, either you coach it or you condone it, but one of the two, something is transpiring. Now, the Cowboys, since Mike McCarthy has been there, have not been outside of the top ten in penalties. One year they were third, last year they were first, this year they're 11th, but after, four, after 11 accepted penalty, somehow I got a feeling they're back in the, uh, back in the top ten. The Cowboys finished 2 or 4 in the red zone. They were dead last in red zone, now they're 29th in red zone scoring. That's third worst. And so for me, look, the thing is, yeah, it was a win. And Dak, you heard Dak say it. We didn't want this thing to landslide. We didn't want it to snowball. We wanted to get that nasty taste out of our mouth. I believe they did that. Was it a good win? Yes. But was it impressive? Nah, you're not impressive when you have 14 penalties, 11 of them accepted, and you go two for four in the red zone. You did what you needed to do. And I will give the Cowboys this. When they needed their offense to go down and get points and put points on the board, Stephen H. Saturday, they got that done. When I need my defense, that bout bonded defense to step up. Michael Parsons stepped up, went and put the quarterback on his back, and Stephon Gilmore ended the game with a game-ending interception. So you have to feel good about that. But the penalties is what will get you beat, and we've seen it rare its head in the playoffs for the Cowboys on several occasions. Well, I'm not going to deny the fact that I I agree with you from the standpoint that I don't think it was impressive. It was a good win, so I agree with you there. But there were impressive elements to peel from it. First things first, Dak Prescott led the team in rushing. Now, that's a bad thing when you think about the running back, but it is a good thing to see him being mobile because that's incredibly important. You need the mobility of Dak Prescott takes you back to his first four years in the league when he was making noise and he had all of us clamoring for him get paid because he showed the versatility and being a dual threat over the last few years we haven't seen as much of that from a Dak Prescott so to see some of his runs last night I definitely think that was a plus I think C.D. Lamb balling out the way that he did was a plus Brandon Cooks using his speed scoring a touchdown making some key catches down the stretch you looked at him and you see him getting his swag on and elevating his level of play I got to give credit where credit is due in that regard and most importantly um, this defense showed up made Justin Herbert look pretty normal as far as I'm concerned, which is a subject we'll get into later. But defensively, particularly late when Micah Parsons came bulldozing uh, uh, through and got and got his hands on Justin Herbert, the pressures, the pressure overall that they collectively put, 47.6% of, of uh, Justin Herbert's dropbacks, they was pressured. In a clean pocket, he completed 75% of his passes. When the pocket wasn't clean, obviously it was, it was significantly lower. I take those things into consideration and I say to myself, of looking at the NFC, seeing what you're seeing from Philadelphia right now, Shannon, seeing what you're seeing from San Francisco right now, uh, Jeff Saturday. If you're going to win, if you're going to make noise in the NFC, you have to play the way the Dallas Cowboys played last night. And that's why I say I'll peel a positive from that. I don't, I don't think my earpiece is working very well because I just heard two guys say it wasn't an impressive win and then go on to tell me how impressive the <laughs> Cowboys look. Here's the bottom line. That was the biggest win of the season for the Cowboys and in the NFC this year. You had had the 49ers lose. You had the Eagles lose. And in a must-win game, all their dudes showed up and absolutely balled. Dak Prescott did it with his legs and his arms. C.D. Lamb showed up, what was it, buck 20, whatever it is. Cooks, who we hadn't heard from, scores a touchdown. The defense, Micah Parson closes the game out and a gilly interception. 
All those things are impressive. The only negative of the game for the Cowboys was the penalties. And I get that, Shane. I get you don't want penalties. You want a clean game. The game wasn't clean, but my God, it's impressive. You go on the road after you get dismantled by the 49ers. You walk into an away game in a must-win situation, and you close them out. That is an enor- and as impressive as it gets. In the NFL, when we know it ain't, it ain't for long, everybody's going to be on you, you got to get that win before you go into the bye week. So y'all sit there and tell me it ain't impressive, but a 47% pass rush win rate by the Cowboys, that ain't impressive. It is impressive. Dak Prescott played impressive. C.D. Lamb played impressive. We've been calling for him. Be the one. Go be that guy. He was last night. It is impressive. Because they didn't hang 40 on him, everybody's going, like, this isn't impressive win. Mike McCarthy didn't make the big mistake, which we all knew going this game. Whether it was Staley or McCarthy, somebody's going to screw this up. Please don't let it be my guy, right? That's how both fan bases were feeling. He didn't make the mistake. He decides to kick the field goal. Was he conservative? Sure, he was conservative. Does everybody love it? Sure. I mean, no, no, not everybody loves it, but they found a way to win. So to say it's not impressive is silliness. This was an impressive win. They had to have it. They went out and got it, and I appreciate all the stats that y'all well, gave me on how this thing wasn't impressive. You're taking up all the damn yeah, time. We want to get back at you. I mean, dude, can he, can, can he respond? Go ahead, Shannon. No, impressive was what the 49ers did to the Cowboys. You said, oh, it was oh. a must win. Philly lost and the San Francisco lost. Let me ask you a question. Uh, even though the Cowboys won last night, who still has the better record? The 49ers and the Eagles or the Cowboys after they won? You do realize the, uh, the Chargers have the 32nd ranked pass defense. I was sure. going to be really, really concerned if Dak Prescott t- couldn't take advantage of the 32nd ranked pass defense. Wouldn't you have been concerned? Now, Trenton, sure. yeah, there are a lot of pressures, but the only one that really mattered was Michael Parson when he got him on the ground and the pressure at the end of the game that caused the interception to Gilly. But if you're going to say, you're going to say, oh, it wasn't impressive, you don't like all the penalties, well, damn, that's what Stephen A. and I were talking about. The 14 penalties, 11 of them, uh, 11 of them accepted, seven pre-snaps. So let me ask you this. If Saturday is the coach, and you got 14 penalties, 11 of them accepted, seven. So you coming in, you're going to say, man, that was an impressive win. Or you're going to say, guys, we need to clean some things up. Because as I told Stephen A. yesterday, you never accept anything in a win. You wouldn't in a loss. Therefore, yeah. you set your team's mindset of what is to be expected and the standard in which we play at all times. Yeah, you could clean it up. You could clean it up, but it's still impressive. They held, and listen, they held their, their running backs. Dallas held uh, L.A running backs to less than two yards a carry. That is impressive, right? They forced Justin Herbert to play that type of game to take advantage of their offense. So they did. Listen, you got to clean up after every game. I hate the penalties. I ain't happy with it. But to say it's not an impressive win when you go win that game on the road, it is. And you know, you and I both know, hey, Mike McCarthy's up there that men. That was a great win. We love that we won. We're, we put ourselves back in the conversation of the NFC because of this win. So it is impressive. Yeah, y'all, y'all just trying to – hey, because know. the penalties are bad, but the rest of the game was not bad for the Cowboys. Hold on. So let me ask you a question. You make it seem like Tony Pollard and the Cowboys running the ball like the old Cowboys, no. Emmitt Smith. So, no. Katie, that was so you took receiver. one element. You took one element. Dak Prescott had an imp- Dak Prescott threw the ball well against the worst statistically passed defense in football. And CD Lamb on, me, and let, Brandon let me Cooks and their defense. Let, 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 all let me get of those at you. Things. Let me get at you about this, Jeff Saturday. Listen, Dak Prescott, 
impressive from the standpoint, 11 for 11 when targeting both C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks, 3 of 10 when targeting Michael Gallup. We mm. get all of that, right? Yeah. We understand that. But if you look at the history of the Dallas Cowboys, particularly and especially since Mike McCarthy arrived, one of the biggest impediments to their success has been penalties. So sure. if they set up their committed penalties last night, how can we find that but so impressive? You're going against the worst pass defense statistically, right? You're committing an abundance of penalties, right? You made the game, and because of that, the game came down to the Y. It was 17-17 late. The reality is, is that if you're the Dallas Cowboys, again, I saw some things that I like, and I'll concede that. But I still anticipate that a loss is going to come when it counts most. And penalties in all likelihood is going to have a lot to do with that, Jeff, Saturday. Best, best thing you said was concede. I appreciate that. I'll take that as a dub. <laughs> Stephen A. and I, we both said it was a good win. Impressive is what Detroit did to Tampa. Impressive is what the 49ers did to the Cowboys. Impressive. Hold, 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 hold up. How many yards did Detroit rush for? 40? So they threw it all over the yard. They they took advantage of they took advantage of the Bucks. I give them a ton of credit, but it ain't like they just physically moved. They just pounded that team. They didn't have either of their two best backs. I get it, but it's still you just question how the Cowboys didn't run it. Dak played good. Jerry Goff played good. But were they back? Were their two best backs? Were their starting running backs in the lineup? Did they have no, their two starting running backs? I, I have, but, but I'm saying they still rushed for 40 yards, right? Like so, you're, what you're saying about the Cowboys? The Cowboys. Not everything's going to be good all, every Sunday. And, yeah every Monday. They found a way. That is an impressive win to go on the road after the beating you just took to go get that dub. But let me ask you a question. When Tony Dungy stood up in front of you guys, or Jim Caldwell stood up in front of you guys, what was good and what was impressive? Did anything that had more than double digits? I understand. I'm not saying uh, uh, an impressive win has to be penalty free. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not. As long as you're clean, okay, you're going to have some penalties. That's, that's a part of the game. The likelihood of you going an entire game and having no penalties is very slim. But you didn't turn the ball up. You didn't put the ball in harm's way. I'll give, I will concede that. There are some good things the Cowboys can take. But when I think I think my thing is my impressive and your impressive might be different, a little, little different mm. Saturday. <laughs> I will say this about Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy would talk about a Hall of Fame quarterback like the dude could, could barely hold a job. So it, nothing was ever <laughs> impressive to TD. So that re- respect is given there. That man, he wasn't never afraid of nothing. Nobody was impressive. So that, there is truth yeah. to that statement. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm impressed with you right now, Jeff Saturday. Coming in hot. Coming in hot out of the gate. Uh, Stephen A., let's flip to the other side here. I know Herbert's not 100% healthy dealing with that finger. Do you have concerns about him? I do. I have concerns about him because he doesn't look the same again. 47.6% of his dropbacks were pressured. He completed 33% of his passes at the time, which was not impressive at all. Actually, 41% of his passes wasn't impressive at all. We get all of that. Um, I'm looking at these close games uh, that the Chargers have lost this season. He's, he hasn't been able to close a deal. And Jeff Saturday, I'm just one of those dudes. I just believe that he, he doesn't have the right coach. Um, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of Brandon Staley um, at that job. I think that uh, I think Sean Payton is going to regret the day he didn't stay at Fox Sports and wait right there in California, right here in California, in L.A., or Pico Boulevard. Should have waited until this job opened, and then he would have been a perfect compliment to Justin Herbert. I don't think that is Brandon Staley. I don't even think that is Kellen Moore, to be quite honest with you. Mm. I thought that he was a bit flummoxed. Kellen Moore was a bit flummoxed last night. Let's not forget him as a narrative here. Coming into this game, the former offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who had the Chargers averaging five more points per game than they did last season while 
while the Cowboys were averaging five less points per game in his absence since last season. Dak Kellen Moore showed up last night, and the Dallas Cowboys defense rattled them to some degree, primarily yeah. due to the pressure that they was able to apply to Justin Herbert. But this is a big dude with a strong arm who was considered one of the elites in the game. We've seen a lot from Justin Herbert this season. What we have not seen is consistent elite play. Shannon, Jeff, there's been a fall off. Maybe it is because of the injury, but maybe it's because of the system. Maybe it's because of the coach. Maybe it's because your defense is so porous it puts you in a situation where you got to play hero ball and try to come to the rescue. I don't know. Y'all know that better than me, but I know results. And what I expect, uh, expected from Justin Herbert coming into this season with the charges literally challenging for AFC West supremacy, that narrative is gone. Right. We don't see that from them, and it's because we're not seeing what we expected to see from Justin Herbert. Well, Saturday, I think this is the thing also. We know this. He has an injury on his, on his non-throwing hand, so the likelihood of him being up under center isn't very good. So That's now right. the defense already knows, okay, we don't have to worry about him being up under center. He's going to take probably 100% of his snaps from the guns. Another thing, the Chargers, nine committed, nine, ten penalties, nine of them accepted. The problem that Justin Herbert has, he plays good. He plays good to great for three quarters. But come fourth quarter, he has more fourth quarter turnovers in one score games in 2020 than any other quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And that's when the money needs to be shoved to the, shoved to the middle of the table, and that's when you collect. And right now, he's not collecting nearly enough. We forget. Justin Herbert was the quarterback that had a 27-0 lead in the, lead in the right. wild card game, Stephen A. I Saturday. didn't forget that. Okay, he had that. And we see all these games. Man, that one score, the Chargers keep losing these one-score games, one-score games. Yeah. Well, if Justin Herbert, and I think he's phenomenally talented, 6'5", so 245 pounds, rocket of an arm. He has better mobility and athleticism than, than, than you give him credit for. But at the end of the day, we're in the results business. That's what we're in. We're in a bottom line business. And the result is he's coming up with more L's than W's. And it's falling on his shoulders because he, he is turning the football over. Yes, I am concerned because I do not see him. I haven't seen him get out of that rut in which he turns the ball over in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I agree with you here. Listen, I, I think a lot of it last night had to do with the Cowboys. I would say this, what concerns me is, and part of why McCarthy and, and Kellen Moore separated was because of this type of game. This game was a close football game, and they kind of just went away from the run game altogether. Now, now, Dallas was doing a good job of stuffing it, but like at some point, you got to kind of stay with that. And then you, to your point, Man, in the fourth quarter, you can't turn it over. You know pressure's going to get brought. You know the Cowboys are going to pin their ears back. Dan Quinn's going to come out to you. And then throwing that interception to Gilly late in the game when you have a chance to go down. I don't love all the times, though, that Staley puts him in bad. I didn't like the fourth and one where instead of kicking the field goal, they were down 10 to 7. They tried to go for it. They throw the ball to the end zone. It gets knocked away. Again, you're putting him in situations where, it, listen, we take the three points. It's a low-scoring game. We haven't really yes. done a great offense. Let's, let's just take points and stay in this thing. It's like they always push the accelerator. They're always trying to push the gas. And then ultimately, it comes back to, to needing one in the fourth quarter where all the pressure goes to the QB. And again, you and I both know, when defenses know what you're going to do, it's really hard in the NFL. On a third and long, well, and, and, and you know you got to go convert, mm -hmm. it's a tough situation to put a quarterback in. Dallas right. took advantage of it. But listen, Herbert, he always kind of stays in that top 10 QB element, but he's a right. five, they're a 500 football right. team. Something's got to give there. 
Something's got to give. I want to say this to the both of y'all before we get on out of here. He's completed 68.7% of his passes, nine touchdowns, just two interceptions on the season. So numbers-wise, statistically, it looks like he's doing great. Right. But we he's see legit. the game and we see and we know better. What we do is this. We usually compare and we throw him and Tua in the conversation because they were the fifth and sixth picks respectively. And sometimes we look, especially as Tua is excelling now, and we're like, wow, because once upon a time it was Justin Herbert right. and Tua wasn't even in the conversation. Correct. And now clearly that has changed. Well, what that brings me to is my original point about Brandon Staley because what we're seeing from Tua is primarily not just because of the speed in terms of Tyreek right. Hill, Jalen Waddle, but it's because of Mike McDaniel. Yeah. In the case of Brandon Staley, we don't see an innovative offensive mind maximizing yeah. the potential of Justin Herbert. And if you are the Chargers and their ownership, you got to take a look at that. Right. It's, you really, really do. Well, yeah. because They can't run the football because they got running backs that weigh 122 pounds. It's hard Ooh. to run the football in the NFL when you got them small-ass running backs. I know <laughs> uh, uh, Eckler is great for fans. Fantasy, but at the end of the day, when yeah. you need a third and two, you need yeah. a fourth and one, you need somebody that can hammer the ball up in there Saturday. My, my, Molly yeah. and Jeff, I yeah. was about to say, you know what I've seen, Austin Eckley, he looked pretty good to me, but then I'm sitting next to him. I understand what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. Absolutely. And Stephen, <laughs> to, piggy, to piggyback on your point with Brandon Staley, since he took over, nine losses by three points or fewer, that's the most in the NFL. They can't close games. Got to figure that out. Yep. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. All right, let's talk some
some quarterbacks, fellas. Taking a look at the NFC here and comparing how some of them compare to Dak. Jared Goff leading this group in terms of total touchdowns. Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts are just behind him with both, of course, coming off their first losses this season. All right, Jeff, which NFC quarterback would you want most right now? Brock Purdy. Listen, you're talking about you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, him having to go lead teams. You just saw his numbers, 12 and 2. His numbers are right up there with Jared Goff and everybody else. But the way that he's playing the game, he's thrown the most tight window passes for completions in the NFL in the last two seasons. So this guy isn't a game manager. Everybody talks about game manager, whatever that's supposed to mean. This guy puts the ball in the right place at the right time. And here's the greatest thing. He's got a 67.5% completion rate, which is all great. We just talked about their touchdown interceptions. But when it mattered against Cleveland, I get they lost the game. When it mattered, you got no Debo Samuel, got no CMC. All of a sudden, you got to come up with a drive. You've heard the saying, sometimes you lose the battle, but you win the war. When his team saw him bring this team alive at the very end and get them down to a 41-yard field goal that, that unfortunately they missed, that was what his call was. Without his two studs, go do it. And Trent Williams, their starting left tackles, hobbled because of an injury earlier in the game. This is what you're looking for for a quarterback. When you talk about trust, when you talk about teams looking at their guy going, I know he's going to do it when it matters. Brock Purdy does not ever get caught up in the moment. And listen, this team around him is phenomenal. They, if, if, if he stays healthy, I think last year they win the NFC and end up going to play for the Super Bowl. This team is built to win. They played a poor game against Cleveland. I get it. But ultimately, Brock Purdy is the guy in the NFC that you want right now. You're saying right now. The right, right now. You said right now. Not 10 years from now or eight months from now. Right now, I'll take Jerry Goff because I believe he's playing the position the best. You look at what he's doing, and you look at how he's doing it, the consistency in which he's played with. And even if you go back to last year, they've only lost one game since, I think, week week 11, week 12 of last year. 13-3 and three since week 9 last oh, year. Oh, well, that's all. In and, only, and he only has four interceptions. He's playing, he's playing the position. This, now you see why uh, uh, Saturday, they drafted him number The Rams took him number one overall. And that's the potential that he possessed that they always knew he had. Make every throw. Yes, he has some nice weapons. Uh, Laporte, and I love the tight end. I love St. Brown. I love yep. Reynolds. I love the receiving core. I love the play calling. I love Dan Campbell, what, the culture in which he's instilled. But Jared Goff is playing the quarterback position the best in the NFC. I'm not saying he might not even be the best, but I'm saying playing the quarterback position right now, I think he's playing the best. I would take Jerry Goff. Well, Jerry, uh, Jeff Saturday, you, what you have to understand, Jeff Saturday, is, is incredibly important, is that when you're the only person, the only anomaly is you. Usually when people are in my presence, they learn from the brilliance. They learn from the brilliance. Because Shannon completely agrees with me. It is Jerry Goff right now, okay? Right now, he's complete 67, 69% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. I'm just looking at him, 13-3 and three since week 9 of last season. Obviously, only second best to San Francisco, when you look at what he brings to the table and you look at the culture change, you can talk about San Francisco all you want to, but Ayuk and Debo and Christian McCaffrey, they were undefeated Kittle. since Christian McCaffrey arrived. George Kittle, we can't ignore tight ends. Far be it, my apologies, my brother. We can never ignore <laughs> tight ends. And, of course, the play calling of Kyle Shanahan comes into play. Jeff Satter, you got to appreciate this. In a case of what did we just finish lamenting about Justin Herbert, we talked about Brandon Staley. You don't have that issue with Purdy. Dan Campbell is not some offensive-minded guy. No. He's 
a rough rider, okay? Defensive-minded, <laughs> toughness, those kind of things, okay? But Jared Goff comes there being exiled from L.A. and reminded you how the Los Angeles Rams once got to a Super Bowl before losing to the New England Patriots. And then I look at this kind of stuff right here. He's also completing a league-best 70% of his deep passes, 12 of 17 for thir- three touchdowns, just one interception. He ranks fifth in pass yards per game at 269.7. He's tied for fifth in the league with the 11 TDs. He's only thrown three interceptions, as I articulated. He ranks third in the NFL in passer rating at 105.1, which is currently a career high. You look at everything that's been transpiring. You look at the ridiculous, disgusting history of the Detroit Lions. One playoff win since 19. 1957. One Ooh. playoff win since 1957. Not a division title since, what is it, 2003 or 1993. I'm trying to remember which year it was. It's a three in there somewhere, damn it. The <laughs> bottom line is, whether it's 20 years or 30 years, they got one division title in that period to show for it. One playoff victory is since that time. I'm sorry, when you consider the culture, what he walked into, what he is doing, how he is winning, we got to give some love to Jared off. We really, really do. 11 Listen, touchdowns, I, I, three interceptions, fourth in QBR, 29 passes of 20 yards or more, which who, is number one in the NFL. Who's number one in QBR? I just I, I forget. Oh, Purdy, that's right. And and who do we say? Who do we say? Who had not lost a game until Cleveland uh, this last weekend as a starting quarterback? Purdy. Hey, Purdy. So as, as we're gonna, hold on. You, and, the words you just, of, and the words of my good friend, remember, it's fluid. It's fluid. It's, it's, it's <laughs> fluid. Hold on, hold on, hold on. See this right here. Put your hand up like this, Shannon. It's fluid. It's fluid. It's fluid. Okay. It's fluid. Listen, you can't so start fluid. your argument, Stephen A., and go, oh, except for except for San Francisco. Like you can't you Not can't have the argument and then use and then use the guy that I just said but, but, was the but, one. But wait a minute, for but the I'm, put, thing. I'm not on, trying to take away from listen, Jared Goff, listen, but, but, but Brock Purdy has lit it up. Listen, my brother, Jeff Saturday, I know the curly hair looks good. I hope to have it one day. I hope to have it one day. I mean, you give the You know, I love it, okay? Here's the deal, my brother. I brought up Kyle Shanahan for a reason. You can't ignore the impact that he has. And Kyle Shanahan and Dan Campbell, pick the two. In terms of an offensive mind, who do you want? You want Kyle Shanahan. So the fact that Jerry Goff is doing what he's doing, Okay, Dan Campbell, I love Dan Campbell and the job that he's done. But Kyle Shanahan brings a different dimension to the game of football on the offensive side of the ball. We all know this. The fact that Jared Goff is doing what he's doing in Detroit. By the way, the year was 1993. One, one <laughs> division. That's the last time they won a division title, 1993. And we're talking about this man right now. You got to take all of those things into account, Jeff. Listen, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Jared Goff. He has played significantly better than, than, I, than I thought he would ever play. And he has done it through, come mm-hmm. through a lot okay. of things. But you're just asking me if I'm picking one. When I, what I saw Brock Purdy do this past weekend in Cleveland without Debo Samuel, without Christian McCaffrey, and you're asking this young QB, go, make, go, go, go bring us back. He did it in the biggest moments. Like, there are moments that define quarterbacks. It's not – I don't care about the wins and losses because he can't control the kicker. But I do mm. know this. When all the chips were against him, against the number one defense in the NFL, all we've done is lauded Jim Schwartz and what he's done with this Cleveland, how much they got after quarterbacks, how hard it is to move the ball. He moved the ball down, got him to the 40-yard – I mean, got to the 41-yard field goal. That's doing something. And, again, without his two best playmakers, is Shanahan a great play caller? Absolutely. Does he 
have guys around him? For sure. But in big moments, you'll see if a guy's just depending on the system. He is not. He's mm-hmm. making plays with his arm, with his mind. You got to tip your cat this kid. I'm telling you, this kid is playing lights so, out football. We love him. We're just right saying now. that right now. But hold on. I'm not going to give you credit for saving my life when it was you that almost killed me. You talk about, oh, he brought him back. He brought him back. Hell, he put him in that situation. Did you see how bad he was playing once Debo went out? Did you see how bad he was playing when C-Mac went out? He should have brought him back. He put us in that situation. Oh, oh no. You can't. You're going to put it all you gonna put it all on Purdy. You just no gave guys. him all the credit. What did he just say? You just gave him all the credit. You just said his teammates looked at him, and when they needed to play the bay, he made the play. You ain't mentioned nothing about nobody else. They you should didn't be, mention about IU. They should be undefeated. Took a four-yard went 40. They should be undefeated. That happens. That happens with Jared Goff all the time. You think that St. Brown Reynolds about kills the whole Bucks defense with one block? St. <laughs> Brown walks it in. That ain't because Jared Goff threw him open. That was a little cross and took a yard. Don't try that. All right. Nice throw. Nice throw. <laughs> Jeff, you didn't know you were going to be handling the double team again. Oh, yeah, they got yeah, nothing yeah, for yeah. me. They got nothing for me, Molly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, All right. oh he was king no. of the scoop block. You know, Molly, he was, uh, Molly, he was king yeah. of the scoop block. Yeah? <laughs> Is that what it was? All right, guys, despite Sunday's loss, Brock Purdy still leads the league in QBR. Let's get to the yes. AFC. Tua has been on a tear. That trend continued Sunday when Miami torched Carolina. Tua threw three TDs versus the Panthers. He's now the MVP favorite at Caesar Sportsbook, just ahead of two-time winner Patrick Mahomes. Purdy has the third shortest odds with his teammate Christian McCaffrey rounding Ooh. out the top six. All right, S.A., I'll start with you. Is Tua the clear-cut MVP right now? I'm going to have to say no. He's not. Uh, we talked about golf. You want to throw Purdy in there up until this past week, and that's fine. Shannon, Jeff Saturday, I'm going to have to put his wide receiver in that conversation. Oh, you with Reek? I'm going to have to put Tyreek in that conversation. Uh, um, Ladies and gentlemen, we went from talking about whether or not he could ultimately eclipse or capture a 2,000-yard receiving season Mm -hmm. to saying that he's on pace for 2,300 yards. Mm -hmm. On the season. Yes. That's what he's on pace for. He's chasing 2,000 receiving yards. He's averaging 135.7 receiving yards per game. So he's on pace for the 2,300 because of that. He leads the NFL with 814 receiving yards, six touchdown catches, 19.4 yards per catch. There's been 14 games this season where a player had at least 150 receiving yards in a game. The brother Tyreek Hill has four. Four. (laughs) Now let me tell y'all something right now. I don't know if y'all watching Miami enough. All of these passes, 8 for 19, 20, 30, 40 nah. yards. You just got two of dipping it two yards to him, and he the one taking it to the house. He yeah. the one going 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. This brother, and, and I call him the Dame Dollar of the NFL. I mean, he, he when he's running for a touchdown, he's waving goodbye to defenders. This is what he's doing before he throws it. <laughs> but that's after waving goodbye. This brother is on another level. It's just that simple. And I think that Shannon makes up a good point, and it's a discussion. For you, Shannon, with uh, uh, Jeff Saturday and others someday in the near future. It's a worthy discussion. When we look at what he's doing, I'm just talking about right now where he's at. I'm not talking about in totality, cumulatively speaking. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when we look at what we're seeing from him right now, talk to me about Randy Moss. Talk to me about Jerry Mm. Rice. And ask this question. What receiver would you rather have 
on your NFL squad if you are a quarterback or you are a head coach with Tyreek Hill at his best compared to the greatest. I'm talking T.O., I'm talking Moss, I'm talking Rice, I'm talking all the throw the Marvin Harrisons in there. Throw the go back in the day, Lynn Swan, John Stowe, all these people. Go back to all of them, okay? I've never seen anything like this. And if he ends up getting over 2,000 yards, it's going to be incumbent upon you, Shannon, you, Jeff Saturday, all of R.C. Swagoo, everybody, Mina with a data analytical self, and everybody in between. It's going to be incumbent on everybody to go back and watch the tape and not just look at Tua's yards, but look, it to me, I'm not giving Tua credit for throwing a three-yard slant pass to, <laughs> to Tyreek Hill and he take it to the house. Yeah. I'm giving that credit to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Tyreek Hill right now is a legitimate, bona fide leading candidate for NFL League MVP. Yes. I think he has a better chance of winning Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Jerry, I thought Jerry had the best chance of winning the MVP in 87 when I think in 12 games he had 22 yes. touchdowns. Uh, and Moss up, came close in 1998. Moss, Moss broke the record. Right, right. Uh, and um, so I think that was the closest a receiver. I don't think a receiver is going to get it for the simple fact if he has 20 touchdowns, how many touchdowns does a quarterback have? Yeah. So right. that's why Tua is probably, probably would win it if it was voted today. But I agree. I think it's really it's six games into the season. If they voted right now, Stephen A., Tua's going to win that award. If they voted to – I believe right now, given what, they're, what the uh, – uh, the Dolphins' offense look like Mostert has 11 total touchdowns. Tyreek has the touchdowns that he has. The offense, over 500-plus yards a game. They had a game in which they average, had ran for 350 and caught for 350, something that had never been done. So, for me right now, Tua is in the lead, but I don't think he's, like, unanimous. Like, we've seen some of the years past where Patrick Mahomes, you're like, nah, Pat got that award, or Aaron yeah. Rodgers got that award. I don't think it's that clear-cut right now, Saturday. Vote, yeah. by the way, by the way, Jeff Saturday, Randy Moss was the last wide receiver to get an MVP vote. That was in wow. 1998. Mm. Yeah. Listen, Hill has been special. I mean, and we talked about this. If you, the, the way to stop Miami's offense is to limit Tyreek Hill, right? Can try to control his yards after the catch again. Yes. because, And I think his attitude as well is what kind of brings everything to the forefront. Like the way he plays the game is electric. Everybody buys point, in. Yeah. Every, that mentality just goes to everybody. So yeah. it, it, no doubt Hill has played well. I'm going to give you another name. I think Christian McCaffrey, again, when you talk about sure. how players separate them themselves not only in the team but for the league McCaffrey since he was there they were undefeated right he goes out they end up losing the game is, is that you know are you laying it all on one guy no but when you look at what he does the guy averages over five yards a carry running the football he's had 23 catches he got seven touchdowns like he does it all for this football team and when you're talking about a team that really should be undefeated I know they take a loss but a five and one team and because of a player, his style, to me, does the same for Tyreek that Tyreek Hill does for the Dolphins. It's those two players, in my opinion, have separated themselves from other quarterbacks. Because to Shannon's point, man, when it gets down to votes, it's all going to go to QBs. That's the way this game is. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But those two guys are going to make their quarterbacks look 
extremely good, and the quarterback's going to get credit the same way that player I will, does. I will say times have changed. Things have evolved, and we see a younger generation having more and more influence, and maybe they may want to disrupt the status quo in the conventional and go in a different direction. The voters are still our age, though. I know that. I know that. I know that. Yeah, I know that. if you get some younger I voters, I know that. The, NFL, the NFL MVP is turned into, like, the Heisman Trophy. Yes. It's going yeah. to unless, unless the guy award. has a, no, a Barry right. Sanders type season and he rushes for 2,500 yards, mm -hmm. the likelihood of a running back or some other position getting the Heisman other yeah, than a quarterback. But fair. But here's the question, Shannon: If Tyreek Hill gets 2,300 yards, right. and I don't think he will, yeah. but if he gets 2,300 yeah. yards, guess what? That is the equivalent of a running back rushing for like 2,000 yards. If he has yeah. 2,300, how many is Tua going to have? I understand right. that. But yeah. Tua if, has 5,500. He breaks I, I, the record. I feel yeah. you. But if Tua's got, got 5,000 and 2,300 was because of Tyreek Hill, and then we see that other dudes were wide open because Tyreek Hill is on that no. damn field and he right. still got 2,300 you know yards. You might look at that. Tua will win happen? MVP, and Hill will win Offensive Player offensive of the Year. Player, yeah, yeah, that, yes. That's what's going to happen. Conventional right, we'll wisdom there, tells guys. us that. Like Justin Jefferson had that year last year. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Mahomes Still to win come. the MVP, Justin Jefferson wins Player of the Year. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Back to the NFL now. The AFC North went undefeated in week six, starting with the Ravens beating the Titans in London. Lamar Jackson threw a touchdown while Justin Tucker made six field goals. Iron leg right there. Uh, the Browns upset the previously unbeaten Niners despite missing Deshaun Watson. Cleveland's defense dominating, holding San Fran to just 17 points and 215 yards. And the Bengals enter their bye week at 500 after getting by the Seahawks. Cincy has scored more points in its last two games than it did over the first four games this season. Oh, Right. S.A., tell me this. Which AFC North team should we have the most confidence in? To me, it's the Bengals. And I know that sounds like an aberration because you have to consider the fact that right now in terms of total offense, um, if I remember correctly, I think they're dead last in the league in total offense and 27th in scoring offense. And they have the toughest schedule. But I'm just using this to reiterate my belief in Joe Burrow okay. and Jamar Chase with T. Higgins and those brothers. Two years ago, Super Bowl. Last year, AFC Championship game. And each time, they started off the season slowly. I don't know what their problem is in terms of – I'm not talking about this year because I understand that Joe Burrow in that calf injury was in, he was it was hindering him. But I'm saying in recent in recent memory they've started out struggling at the beginning, and then last year they went 12 and two in the last 14 games. Uh, so I look at it from the standpoint that Joe Burrow sits up there, he doesn't quite go Aaron Rodgers on you saying relax. He embraces the level of urgency early on that may exist because of the hole that they put themselves in, but they respond. They find a way. And I think with Joe Burrow, with Chase, with Higgins, I'm going to believe that this is the team in the AFC North to pay attention to. I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, I'm the most confident in the Ravens. I'll be even more confident once they fix their red zone offense. Yeah. Um, Baltimore only scored one touchdown in the last seven quarters, and they were one for six in the red zone uh, on Sunday. Thankfully, they got one of the two greatest clutch kickers on their roster in Justin Tucker, the other being Adam Vinatieri. Um, and once the Ravens figure out the kinks of what they really are and who they really are, Todd Munkin took over as the offensive coordinator. Yep. Um, Lamar Jackson still has the dynamic legs. He's still figuring out the receiver, the guys that he can count on on a consistent basis. Mark Andrews is always going to be one of those guys that he rely heavily on. But I like what I saw from uh, Flowers. I like uh, what I saw from him the other day. And so once they get this thing figured out, I just trust, trust L. Jack. And, I, and it, this is not a knock on, on, on Joe Burrow, but I know L. Jack can get it done. Uh, his legs, him throwing the football. So I think I got a little bit more confidence in the uh, uh, in the Ravens right now. It's not like I'm overconfident in any of these teams. Gotcha. I'm going to go Ravens. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the Bengals here. I, I'm, I'm pretty similar to, to, to Stephen A. And, I, and look, I, I like the Ravens as well. No, no team in this division has given me a, a great deal of confidence. I do like <laughs> where the Bengals have been. And I will say this. The, the win against Seattle was important for me, not just because of the win, but that I felt like they limited Chase, right? Like they they, they kind of tried to take him out of the game. Pete Carroll, that, that defense does a nice job. I think he had 80 yards or something like that. But they tried to limit his productivity. And could they find other ways to win? That's when you kind of start to realize, okay, Burrow was really getting this thing back. He is getting healthy. His calf is getting stronger. He's starting to feel the flow of the game a little bit more. That's the hardest part to me to bet against. When you think about what the Bengals did at 4-4 four and four last year coming back to Stephen A's point, championship game, Super Bowl, I have confidence in that. I know they had a tough schedule, and them losing to the Browns and Ravens early in the season is going to be hard. But but this is a this is a very this is a, a very very good offense, and their defense has kind of caught up. I just mm -hmm. think if they catch fire, they're tough to beat.
Well, I think, Jeff, for Saturday, it's important that you point out that, you know, like Shannon agreed with me at the start of the show, you probably would spend the time sitting in my office, you know, because you were sitting in my office and getting that Stephen A. vibe, you know what I'm saying? I put, I put the cowboy say, hat on, you know that, grab me a little is. cigar. That's, that, that, that's well, what it one is. One thing what it to is. keep in mind, though, guys, the Bengals have the most difficult remaining schedule. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Uh, hold on, hold on. Excuse me, Molly. That was one of the first things that I said. See, if Jeff Saturday or, uh, or, or Shannon had said that, you would have known, but because it's me and you don't listen to me. You, know, so you didn't hear me say that. You just ignored me. I guess, you see I what I'm trying to say? That's what she does. To me that that would be a part of your statement when you're picking the Bengals. That's right. It was. So it, was, it doesn't so matter. Because I believe confusing. in them. Because I believe in them. Let's so go, LJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So LJ. Right. LJ. And, no, and the Ravens. And stuff like C Mac and stuff like that. But L Jack, I don't know. Lamar Jackson is going to get this you know, action. L Jack, can we come? Action Jackson's better than L Jack. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Action Jackson. Action Jackson. That's right. That's right. It's the name of my that? boxing coach, Action Jackson. Oh, just throwing that out there. What it is. She's throwing, you she's throwing it out there. Yeah, she's just throwing, throwing it out there. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say this before we go. The Ravens were in the driver's seat the last two seasons until, of course, Lamar suffered a season. Until he got hurt. Whoop, there it is. Yeah. Yeah.